The Angie's List you know and trust is now Angie, and we're so much more than just a list. We still connect you with top local pros and show you ratings and reviews, but now we also let you compare upfront prices on hundreds of projects and book a service instantly. We can even handle the rest of your project from start to finish. So remember, Angie's List is now Angie, and we're here to get your job done right. Get started at Angie.com. That's A-N-G-I, or download the app today. We're following a developing story, this one out of Colleton County. It's 4147 Moselle Road. I've been up to it now. It's bad. Double homicide involving a mother and son. Both deaths resulting from apparent gunshot wounds. In this town, nobody questioned the Murdochs for 100 years. You know, powerful people make powerful enemies. You commit a murder in the 14th Circuit, the odds of you going to death row are high. From the studios of WCIV ABC News 4 in Charleston, this is the podcast Unsolved South Carolina. Case file number one, the Murdochs. Hear ye, hear ye, hear ye. Now this second day of February 2018. It was February 2nd, 2018, known famously around the country as Groundhog Day. It's on national television every year. This is certainly one of the largest crowds in the history of Groundhog Day. And the looming question that morning, would the groundhog see his shadow? And Phil has directed him to produce two scrolls. One says early spring, and the other says six more weeks of winter. But for Gloria Ann Satterfield, who lived far away in the little town of Furman, South Carolina, it was just another day at work. And we have to wake up Phil. Gloria had turned 57 years old just six days earlier, and like she'd done for decades, she reported for duty at the Murdoch home about 20 minutes away. She was part of the fabric of that family. This is Gloria Satterfield's son's lawyer, Eric Bland. You'll soon see why they needed not one, but two. And you are about to hear a lot from these lawyers. In less than five months, they've pieced together parts of a puzzle for us, the Murdoch money trail that is dismantling a South Carolina dynasty. I think this Murdoch case and all the things that spin off from it over the next three years is going to go down as the most famous case that we've had in South Carolina history. And more heads connected to a Southern good old boy network threatened to roll. I think this Murdoch case, uh, in addition to taking down Alex Murdoch, is going to take down some other people and possibly some other entities that will shock the public. These lawyers had to move fast after their client's betrayal ended up in the news. Time was of the essence. Money was disappearing. The Murdoch family was already dealing with the murders of Paul and Maggie Murdoch at the same house where Gloria would be fatally injured. But first, you need to meet Gloria. A mom who loved the color purple, laughed a lot, had a big personality, and appeared to love the Murdoch clan as well. As Bland said, she was often described as part of the Murdoch family. She worked for him for well over 20 years. Uh, She was a housekeeper and a nanny. So she watched the boys grow up, helped them uh, 
you know, grow, cooked for them, took them to school. Ladies and gentlemen, Pops and Tony Phil. By all accounts on that Groundhog Day, February 2nd, Gloria had a terrible accident. You know, Gloria had fallen in the house um, that maybe the dogs had gotten a little too rambunctious and uh, caused her to fall down the stairs. That's the Satterfield's other attorney, Ronnie Richter. He works with Bland. They were pretty steep stairs. It's, you know, an old southern home. And I was under the understanding that these were Labrador-type retrievers or hunting-type dogs that, you know, are hyper and, you know, they jump around. But that report of how she actually fell, that was relayed to the family by the owner of the home, Alec Murdoch. Alec shared this version of events directly with Gloria's family after the accident. In particular, he told her two sons, Tony and Brian. Here's Bland again. She's 57 years old, and she probably walked up and down those stairs a thousand times. So uh, because Gloria could never speak after she fell down the stairs, they took his gospel at what Alec told him, that, you know, she accidentally fell down the stairs and it was caused by my dogs. Bland says that Gloria was flown to Trident Medical Center in Somerville. That's about an hour and 20 minutes away for emergency treatment. They were crushed when, you know, they were told that their mother fell down the stairs and suffered a traumatic brain injury. She stayed in that hospital for three weeks. Until she succumbed to her injuries on February 26. But according to the son's lawyers. Only Mrs. Murdoch came to see her one time during the three weeks in the hospital. The boys who she helped raise never came to see her. And neither did Mr. Murdoch. And they did not pay for the funeral. And they didn't contribute one thing towards this family afterwards. And according to Bland, it was a lopsided loyalty. At different times during her employment tenure there, she um, lost her home. Uh, She was homeless. Um, Different times she had medical needs that had to be taken care of, and she did not have the, the wherewithal to do that. I don't believe that they treated her with the respect that she deserved. Yet at Gloria's funeral two days later, Alec Murdoch was looking for a way to make amends, or so it seemed. Now, Alec Murdoch, by far one of the most prominent lawyers in the area, with impressive wealth and privileges, he tells her sons, Tony and Brian, not to worry. He had a plan. It's important to note as well, the boys' lawyers have said that one of the boys is also considered a young adult with limited capacity. And under these circumstances, Alec asked them to trust him. These are the kids of a a housekeeper nanny. Um, and I mean, not, not to denigrate that, it is what it is, but they were uh, raised very modestly. So to think that they were going to ra- rise up and, you know, ask serious questions of a powerful group like the Murdochs. The level of trust and loyalty in this case cannot be understated. The Murdochs are even mentioned in Gloria's obituary after her own large extended family. It reads, those she loved as her family, Alec and Maggie Murdoch and their family, Alec's father, Randolph, and Libby Murdoch. Alec Murdoch. And he told them at the, um, after the funeral that he would take them to meet Corey Fleming, who we knew who was a lawyer, and that he would have Corey Fleming bring a lawsuit or a claim 
against Alec Murdoch in connection with the wrongful death of their mother. And he said, what happened is my dogs obviously uh, caused her to trip and fall down the stairs. It's my responsibility, my fault. And he said, I would turn it over to my insurance carriers and then they will pay the estate. Who is Corey Fleming? Well, according to court filings, Corey Fleming is the best friend of Alec Murdoch. He's also the college roommate and the godfather to Paul Murdoch, who was shot and killed in June. He would work certain cases with Alec. Alec carried these young boys who had never had any experience in the legal system, wouldn't know how to choose a lawyer, wouldn't know Corey Fleming from any other lawyer. And he carried them there, and, and that is how this claim started uh, over the death of Gloria Satterfield. Very unusual for somebody to carry people to a lawyer and tell that lawyer to sue me and then I'm going to cooperate and make sure you get money. It, it's, it's not something that's common. You never see somebody who's going to be sued actively participate in them getting sued. By the fall of 2018, Chad Westendorf is brought in to replace Tony. He's the vice president of Palmetto State Bank, as there would be business issues, according to Alec, arising that were beyond Tony's experience. The banker... Um, Chad Westendorf was a colleague and friend of both of them. And so he became the personal representative of her estate, which is, again, very rare. That's a position that's reserved for a family member. The sons agreed and left the case in the hands of Fleming and Westendorf. The very next day, Westendorf agrees to an initial settlement of $505,000 on the son's behalf. But three years later... Satterfield's sons hadn't seen one cent of settlement money. Did you read the article in the paper that evidently your mother's claim settled for $505,000? And they said to their friends and uncle, what are you talking about? Nobody's told us this. It was only because of the boating accident that people and reporters like you started digging into this family. But for the boating accident and the death of the beach girl, None of this would have come to light. And it didn't stop at a half a million. Over the next two years, a total of $4.3 million is awarded to Westendorf and Fleming. The bulk of that was supposed to go to Gloria's sons, but the Satterfield family never even knew settlements had been reached or approved, according to Bland. Fleming nor Westendorf ever gave Satterfield's sons updates in their own case. While Gloria's family was left in the dark, Alec Murdoch reportedly knew about everything happening. In fact, Bland and Richter say he was likely orchestrating every move. Once Bland and Richter take the case, well, they find several irregularities in how things went down. Irregularities is a good word to use. I went to talk to Charlie Condon. He's a former South Carolina top prosecutor, and we've spoken to him before in this podcast. There's so many irregularities in all of these indictments and in the previous cases, it's just hard to understand how within our legal system that it wouldn't have raised red flags with somebody within that system. Documents not filed or even filled out properly. Settlements not approved the correct way, but it gets worse. Once the settlements are approved, Murdoch, the one being sued, remember, starts dictating where the money should go. And then again, when you look at the Satterfield case, unless I'm missing something, defendant, he's the civil defendant in that case. 
and how he ended up with the money, I still have a hard time understanding. Alec tells Fleming to make the checks out to Forge. That's the name on a bank account Alec opened. Just Forge. Not to be confused with Forge Consulting, a very real, very legitimate company Alec, Corey Fleming, and many attorneys would be quite familiar with. And Forge, what is Forge? It's a, it's a structuring company, a very reputable company. Knowing most attorneys wouldn't think twice about payments coming from or going to Forge, it seems Alec created his Forge bank account to disguise illegitimate funds, such as the $3 million from Gloria's wrongful death settlement. Bland and Richter say Alec wound up depositing. And so that was very clever of him. It's used for the benefit, of, there are certain tax benefits for delaying immediate payment to clients that uh, one would often use, particularly with larger settlements. So it's a clever name for him to use, to say it's Forge, sort of the shorthand. After Westendorf and Fleming took their cuts, the attorneys say Alec instructed Fleming to write checks for the rest made out to Forge. Fleming obliged, but there seems to have been no confusion on his part about which Forge he was writing the checks to. Court records show copies of the checks Fleming wrote. They're made out specifically to Forge, not Forge LLC, not Forge Consulting. Some of these details are revealed in a lawsuit filed September 15, 2021. By month's end, Bland and Richter's investigation has made the picture clearer. They file a petition to have Alec Murdoch arrested to make him answer for what happened to the money. Two weeks later, it happens. Alec is on his way out of drug rehab in Orlando, Florida. Waiting on him are state police. They've got a warrant for his arrest in South Carolina. Two counts of insurance fraud against Gloria's sons. On October 16th, the entire Murdoch melee moves from Hampton County to Richland County, South Carolina, when Alec is booked into the Richland County Jail. With so many strings attached to the Murdochs in the Low Country, the South Carolina Supreme Court doesn't take any chances. It's appointed a circuit court judge, Clifton Newman, out of King Street, nowhere near Hampton. Newman oversees all of the Murdoch-led investigations. That includes grand jury, subpoenas, indictments, bond hearings, you name it. Three days later, it's time for Alex's second bond hearing. There are at least a dozen television cameras getting set up in the galley. Gloria's family walks in with their lawyers, Eric and Ronnie. It's one of her sisters, Ginger. She's wearing a peach button-down and short reddish-blonde hair. She bears a striking resemblance to Gloria. There's also her brothers and one of Gloria's sons, Brian Harriet, known as Little B. They take a seat in the front row of the courtroom. They'll only be a few feet from Alec. It's all very amicable at first. Gloria's lawyers shaking hands and grasping shoulders as they get ready to do battle with Alec's lawyers. When Alec Murdoch comes in, it's the second time we've now seen him in handcuffs. First after the botched suicide attempt in Hampton, now here, cuffed, in a dark blue jumpsuit. He sits there and taps his leg while he waits to be seated. The cases against Alec are stacking up, and as Eric Bland would later tell me... I think the noose of justice is really tightening around Alex's neck. Of course, this is a state's case against Alec, and state prosecutors have words with Alec's lawyers, both wearing dark pinstripe suits. 
As Alec walks past all of his former courtroom colleagues, he literally towers above them. Having said that, it's painfully obvious he's lost a great deal of weight since the double murders. We do believe that Mr. Murdaugh is a, uh, a danger. Um, he's, he's already, by the pre previous charges that he had, uh, he's been a danger to himself. And a man who's a danger to himself is a danger to others. The state steps up. This is an ongoing investigation, Your Honor. This is the tip of the iceberg. Um, it is, uh, this is an ongoing investigation, and I think there's going to be far more that we will reveal as we review these records. They zero in on the missing Satterfield money. He had been carrying a $100,000 credit card balance for months. That gets paid off. He writes 300 and some odd grand to his father. He writes a check for 610 grand to himself. He writes a check for 125 grand to himself. Not a dime goes to this family. Murdoch's lawyers blamed Murdoch's troubles on drugs. He has had at least a decade, if not longer, of severe addiction to Oxycontin and other opioids. Satterfield's lawyers speak, even though this is the state's case. This is a crime of a lawyer stealing money, a man who stole money from the very family of the housekeeper that helped raise his kids. This is a crime that we've never seen before, and I think your honor would send a clarion bell depending on the type of conditions that you put on his bond. The judge asks, why bond? One hand, you say that you're convinced that Mr. Murdoch presents a clear and present danger to society, danger to himself, on one hand. Then on the other hand, you say he should have a bond with conditions. No, I, I want him not to have a bond. I would love it if this, this man was locked up and he couldn't harm anybody else. But there is a presumption that somebody is going to get bond. And if you're going to put bond, put those serious conditions on him that will restrain him. Our position is he does not deserve bond. He forfeited that right. He stole. He's a liar and a cheat. After a short recess, the judge orders a psychiatric evaluation, denies bond to Alec. The whole room looked a little stunned, as did Gloria's family. Why is Alec behind bars finally? Bland says follow the money. I have evidence of Alex basically since 2015 being a professional thief as opposed to being a lawyer. All roads lead to Alex uh, so far with what everybody's looking at either from a state or federal level and the Satterfield matter was no exception and I said from the start that this was going to be the easiest crime to prove in connection with Alex because you have a money trail and the money came in pursuant to the claims made in connection with Gloria's death. And they went from Corey Fleming to a forge account that Alex opened up in Bank of America. And then we were able to show that the money never uh, got to our clients and was used by Alex for, you know, a whole different um, purpose for his own individual needs, whether it was to buy property or pay off loans on behalf of his father or brothers or purchase personal property. It wasn't his money. He stole it. And it's really the easiest crime to prove. Back to the day Alec went to jail. Alec's lawyer, Dick Harputlian, sidesteps my question about repaying that family's money. Is Alec Murdoch making any plans to repay that money, and how is he doing that? I think the first thing that has to happen is he needs to get treated for his addiction so that he can focus clear-headed on how to resolve any issues he might have. 
To date, Eric Bland and Ronnie Richter have recouped more than $6.5 million from five parties involved. Westendorf and Fleming paid back the attorney's fees they collected. Fleming's law firm, Westendorf's bank, and the insurance companies all paid settlements. The wheels of justice seem to be picking up speed on the criminal side. Satterfield's death has peeled back the curtain on many cases that Alec allegedly used the Forge account to steal money from clients. That's according to the latest charges handed down by a state grand jury on November 19th. But still, not a dime has been recouped from Alec personally. Just two days before those indictments, Murdoch's attorneys claimed in a court document he shouldn't have to pay back the millions of dollars he reportedly stole because his co-defendants already paid more in settlements than he actually stole to begin with. The fight isn't over yet. No real reason to question it. Obviously, uh, everything is up for question now. And questions including how did Gloria die? And that's what the Hampton County coroner wants to know, too, because she was never notified of Gloria Satterfield's accident in her own county. That's a problem. There are different medical legal death investigation systems around the country, but South Carolina is a coroner state, and for the most part, we all operate very similarly. That's Bobby Joe O'Neill. I'm the Charleston County coroner. She's not working on the Satterfield investigation, so we talk theoretically here. I'm trying to understand a little bit more about, can you just give me in general terms what the coroner's role is? Well, I mean, the role of the coroner is um, to speak for decedents in order to determine their cause and their manner of death. Remember, Gloria went to Trident Medical Center after the trip and fall accident at the Murdoch home and died at the hospital. In the case of uh, a motor vehicle accident, for example, if someone is transported to a local hospital, uh, they are in the hospital for a week and then they succumb to their injuries, that death should be reported by that hospital to the coroner's office to investigate that death because the death is not due to natural causes, it's due to injuries from the motor vehicle accident. But Gloria's death certificate said she died of natural causes, a stroke that led to a cardiac arrest. Is there a disconnect? So sometimes what happens, um, especially with individuals who've been in a hospital setting for uh, a length of time, is it can get sort of lost as to what brought them in in the first place. And so in those cases, sometimes those don't get reported to coroner's offices. Now Sled is actively following up on her manner of death, too. At that press gaggle after Alec was denied bond, his lawyer, Dick Harpootlian, was asked about the circumstances surrounding her death. Remember the Satterfield lawyer said Alec was the one who told her sons she tripped over the dogs and fell down the stairs. What do you say about the uh, sled agent? You guys have said your client's not involved in Stephen Smith's death or Gloria Satterfield's other than she tripped over the dogs. There's no evidence that he was involved in any untoward act towards Gloria Satterfield uh, in terms of her falling down the stairs or Stephen Smith. There's no evidence whatsoever. And, I mean, I don't... I just think Sled is reacting to... Um, sort of the public pressure to open and look at things. And, and you know, obviously, uh, Gloria Satterfield died as a result of that fall. Um, but there's no evidence anybody pushed her or anybody in any way caused her death. Nobody asked if Alec pushed her. However, SLED is now looking into how she died. They were originally victimized when they found out that, you know, he had stolen their money. Then they were victimized when... 
you know, the state announced that it's opening an investigation in the circumstances surrounding her death. And, you know, now they're going to be victimized again. If Alex comes forward in the civil case and denies liability for stealing their money when it's open and obvious, then he's going to put them through the paces of litigating against him over the next two years. Well, even my best friends, they don't know. Is it an early spring or just more snow? It must feel like Groundhog Day for the Satterfield family all over again. So here is my forecast. I see my royal shadow. Six more weeks of winter to go. Unsolved South Carolina was brought to you by me, Ann Emerson, along with producer Drew Trupp and editor Daniel Michener. Original music by Maxwell Harrison. In our next episode, we return to the case that started it all. Oh, what? 911, where's your emergency? Hello? Police, fire, any Hello? We're in a boat crash on Arthur Creek. A fatal boat crash that took the life of 19-year-old Mallory Beach and introduced us to the Murdochs. Yes, it's hard. There's moments that we have that things remind us of Mallory, and it, we break down at times. Like, that's, uh, that's normal. That's part of the grieving process. If you enjoyed listening today, please consider rating and reviewing. It goes a long way to help others discover this podcast. Audible is the destination for thrilling audio entertainment. Allow your imagination to be piqued by stories that are brought to life through captivating sound design, eerie soundscapes, and dynamic performances. As an Audible member, you'll be able to keep your heart rate up month after month because you can choose one title a month to keep from the entire catalog, including the latest bestsellers and new releases. If you're in the mood for a shocking psychological thriller, check out None of This is True by Lisa Jewell. Embrace brand new exclusive thrillers from bestselling authors who are guaranteed to keep you gripped. New members can try Audible free for 30 days. Visit audible.com slash thrill or text thrill to 500-500. That's audible.com slash thrill or text thrill to 500-500.